0: Hello and welcome to the Postmonial Podcast. This is Harrison, and I am back. I haven't released a podcast in about a month now, a little over a month. Uh, I've been fairly busy. Uh, I've had to write a research paper, and that took up a lot of my time, but that's done now. I'm in the latter part of senior year, and I can just coast and spend my time doing things I uh, like doing and I plan on doing a lot more podcasts um, and I do have a few episodes recorded and in the vaults but I'm not sure if I'm gonna release them uh, sometimes I get a little ambitious and and kind of go off on rants like I and I I really enjoy doing the long form long-winded ones but I think I need to throw in some kind of softer, just shorter episodes that are more palatable for people to actually, you know, listen to. And that's what I'm going to try and do today. Uh, Today I'm going to be doing kind of like a list episode talking about five simple changes uh, for weight loss, habit changes for weight loss. And I'm not a huge fan of lists, but people seem to really like Lists. So uh, I'm going to give it a try. And I think this is a good format to do it in and a good uh, subject matter. Uh, These are five fairly simple technical changes you can make in your daily life. And they can really be a huge help in helping you lose weight. And some of them are actually just great habits to maintain. Uh, after you've lost weight, or even if you're at a healthy weight now. Um, some of them are like 50-50, uh, and like you could cut them out after you've lost weight, but I will, I will get into that. So without further delay, I'm just going to hop right into this list. Again, this is five simple habit changes for weight loss. Uh, the first one is track what you eat. And this is one that can be hard to implement initially. Like there is a a period of just learning how to do it and do it efficiently. Uh, but once you are able to track, you know, nutrients, and I, some people call it your macros, and you know, these sorts of things, once you kind of get over the hump, and you implement it into your daily life, and you can do it without too much stress. Uh, it is incredibly effective because it, it simply just gets you to just pay very close attention to how much you're consuming and what you're consuming and uh, the the nutrient breakdown, like what's in everything you're eating. And it will get you to, I think, just eat less just by virtue of paying so much attention. And it really really forces you to you can't really lie to yourself now there are ways to log poorly where you don't really like weigh anything and you kind of take a guess and and when you guess while you're logging you will be wrong and underestimate more often than not uh this is speaking just from experience Uh, but just having like a food scale around you can just throw stuff on that and Uh, It's really simple once you get into it. It is a rather stressful thing to start off doing, and maybe if you're around other people, uh, they might get annoyed that you're logging everything, because it does take a little time, Uh, but as long as you're not getting in the way of anything, I don't see why anyone would be too annoyed with you, but... Again, just by virtue of paying attention to what you're eating and really having a hard focus that is hard to to BS yourself on, Uh, it can be a great tool uh, while you're losing weight. I've done it after having lost weight, and I continue to do it almost religiously, and you don't need to do that, but I do it to keep off the weight. And of course, as time goes on, you'll get used to uh just knowing how much you should be eating and what portion sizes for different things and you'll get better at that and at some point I think it's healthy to stop tracking but I would maintain it after you've a- attained your goal just to keep off weight but yeah uh logging is really great and number 2 don't eat out uh I guess this doesn't have to be like a hard never eat out although I am I rarely eat out, probably once or twice a month, uh, because I'm a little crazy. But when you eat out, you know, you just never know what's going into the food you're eating. And you're also presented with so many poor options, even when you go to restaurants uh, that people generally consider healthy, like Subway, Uh, just, just because of what's available there, that can easily turn into a disaster of a meal. You can easily eat eat a foot-long sandwich that is 1,500 calories and put ranch on it and bacon and, and get a soda. And before you know it, you've eaten an entire meal uh, that, is, that is something along the lines of 2,000 or 3,000 calories. And when you throw chips on there and... And and those are restaurants that people otherwise consider healthy um, because all these, no matter where you go, and I would say most places you go, like 90, 95% of of places you eat out are uh, unhealthy in, in most of what they serve and finding like a, a genuinely healthy option is difficult. And uh, it's just kind of a barrage in terms of having to navigate the healthy and unhealthy, uh, options. And, you know, I think one p- thing you'll probably have heard is like, well, if you want to lose weight and you want to eat healthy at home, just don't bring in unhealthy food and don't even give yourself the option, which is good advice, uh, that I would recommend. Don't bring the unhealthy options around at all. And then you won't be able to take those options. And, and with eating out, that's, that's impossible, Uh, And it does require you to exert some amount of willpower to avoid. And that can, uh, if you eat out too much, you know, you have to keep avoiding and avoiding and avoiding. And you get kind of tired out and you end up just breaking down. So, a good way to avoid that is just to avoid eating out when you can. And I realize this is not something uh, everyone can do, like just not eat out, period. And even I, who, and I'm a person who is taking a hard stance on like, I don't really want to eat out more than I have to. Uh, I still go once or twice a month. And I actually go to Chipotle. In my opinion, that is the best uh, restaurant that's common, uh, at least in my area, that you can get healthy foods as long as you avoid like burritos and getting doubling up on rice or anything. Then again and chips and soda again that can be a disaster even at Chipotle. Number three uh, try to avoid and honestly just cut out all sugar and refined carbohydrates. Uh, This is a difficult one especially if you are Currently, eating sugar in any quantity or any amount that would be more than 25 grams a day, which is like the recommended amount. And if you're, you know, eating candy regularly or chocolate milk, you are uh, without a doubt going over that amount. And when I say sugar, I mean like refined processed sugar, I don't mean like fruit you know, vegetables have have fructose in them. Uh, and, I mean, food science, there's this trope, and I actually don't like the trope, but there's some truth within it. It's that, you know, one day, like, fats are the worst thing you can be eating, and the next day, it's, it's the best. And there's, like, there's just a total lack of consensus in the field of health and nutrition, and on some level that's true, uh, but the science here is fairly conclusive. If you listen to any serious nutritionist or someone who uh, in some capacity studies health and nutrition, they will tell you that cutting out sugars and refined carbohydrates is the pretty much the best change. You can make and it's a fairly simple one just stop eating bread stop eating candy stop eating ice cream and these sorts of things and i realize it's hard because if you are eating sugar as i was saying you you can kind of become addicted to it and when you get off of it you might experience withdrawal uh, and uh, that's that's difficult and there are ways to get around that and i've talked about that. Uh, in the episode, I talked about mindful eating, and I believe, and one on just quitting sugar. So, if you want to learn more about that, go listen to those episodes. But it is it is difficult, but it it can be done. And again, uh, the science here is fairly conclusive. Like these things are not good for you. They cause inflammation in your body. They mess with the microbiome in your stomach, which is really important uh, just for mental health even, like it affects your mood and just general health. If you want to learn more about that, uh, I recommend you go listen to Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She went on the Joe Rogan Experience, the the podcast, and I think seven or eight times now. Those episodes are always fun to listen to and they get into this stuff and the science of it. Uh, And uh, this is something she talks about a lot and I I highly recommend it. And then, of course, there is the issue of in moderation. And yeah, I suppose, but if you're trying to lose weight, you don't really want to be messing with either of these things in my estimation. And for me, it worked best to cut it out. I know some people have this strategy, actually, where they'll do, like, in a week, like, one day they can eat carbs and sugar, and then the rest, they're kind of hard off of it. Uh, I haven't done that, and I can't attest to how well it works. I, I can see that it works for some people to a degree, uh, and this is something you just have to judge for yourself. But if you if you think you're someone who's going to eat the carbs and sugar on that one day, and then you're going to slip up another day, uh, I, I would just try and avoid it. But again, that's something you really have to calculate for yourself. And then number four, this one is kind of difficult. It kind of goes back in the idea of mindful eating and just mindfulness, period. Uh, And it's not actually... This is something that's very applicable to almost any facet of your life, but uh, you need to be able to shift your focus because when you get bored, and I can speak to this especially, uh, when I get bored, i just like, well the first thing I almost always turn to uh, kind of consciously, but more or less subconsciously is like, oh, I'll just go eat something. Uh, and that is that is a really bad habit. Uh, a lot of people, I feel like, deal with this to some extent. They just get bored and start eating. Uh, and And these are the times when you just need to be able to hunker down and shift your focus to something else, even if it's something not even necessarily productive, just pleasurable. So for me, that is, you know, maybe I'll go work out or even just sit down and play PlayStation or watch TV and and be able to really get your head fully in another task. This is something that is, it is difficult, but it is important to be able to do uh, there are other uh, areas where this is very applicable uh, like if you if you're feeling bad about something uh, if something bad has happened in your life uh, you don't want to fixate on it and you hopefully want to be able to shift your focus to other things no matter how bad that is and that doesn't mean you ne- don't want to feel bad about it in any capacity but you just don't want to let it uh, ruin your life. Or at the very least, just totally control your conscious state of mind and uh, just going throughout long periods of time with serious psychological suffering. Like You want to be able to avoid that. Uh, I, I recommend for this uh, mindfulness meditation, uh, something I want to get into doing more of but it it is kind of a practice in shifting your focus to some degree and just focusing on something as nominal as the the breath Uh, but it really could be anything and just focusing on the experiential quality of any given moment and just noticing thoughts come in and out of your head and you realize that you aren't the conscious author of those thoughts and, and it's really helpful practice. And it is almost like a muscle, like you keep doing it and you get better at it. And uh, this is kind of ties in with the being able to shift your focus. So if you want it, like an explicit answer or something explicitly you can do uh, that, I would say mindfulness meditation. There's a lot of good apps out there like Headspace is the one I use. And then of course, just being able to go do something else, go work out, uh, do something you enjoy. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be arduous or something you don't really want to do. Like I know a lot of people don't want to work out, although it is something you should do. Again, it can be something you really enjoy doing. So uh, again, number four, be able to shift your focus. And then number five, this is a big one. I didn't, implement this in my own life until very recently and that is don't eat anything after dinner and that is a hard don't eat anything after dinner eat a full dinner that's gonna fill you up enough and don't eat after because you get into this late night snacking you get tired you're gonna eat more than you otherwise would and the, the things you eat after dinner, and that you kind of just snack on, and I know we're all culprits of, of this, or we've all done it to some extent, and, and those calories add up so much. And actually, this is something I have learned from Dr. Rhonda Patrick and, uh, and other nutritional scientists, people who are well-educated in this field, um... Doing something called time-restricted eating is actually—it's a very healthy thing to do, and it will help improve your metabolism. And essentially, what that is, eat within an eleven-hour window, and then so you're not eating the rest for another thirteen hours. And that's because I guess our metabolism is is set up to operate optimally within a within a certain window, and when you wake up what activates your metabolism is light uh, it's the first thing and then just eating food and when you eat outside of this kind of 11 hour window that can it messes it up and you'll gain uh, more fat on your body your body won't process food as well if you hear about the studies they've they've done with this uh, just by virtue of eating within this window and having a 13-hour period uh, where your body, I believe, enters a state of ketosis, and uh, that kind of ties in intermittent fasting, which is where you eat eight hours a day and then 16-hour period of fasting, uh, which is another interesting thing. But just by virtue of eating within this window, you actually can just gain... Uh, lean muscle mass your body will process food better so people who eat outside of that window gain more fat uh, and, and if you're eating healthy uh, I don't you're not going to gain a noticeable amount of fat uh, from what I've read uh, but if you are eating unhealthy and you're eating uh, you know 16 hours out of the day uh, you will gain noticeably more fat and uh, And have less lean muscle mass. And of course, just this study aside, by cutting off that period uh, that is after dinner, you're just blocking off a lot of potential calories you could intake. And eating within a smaller window, you will almost inevitably just eat less. And if you're trying to lose weight, that is. A Good thing and I I really can't recommend this enough. There's this great app called zero where you can actually track uh, How long you will fast for and it's not really a fast in the traditional sense of the word, but uh, You just press start fasting. So it's like after you dinner you press a button and then it kind of tells you about what time you want to eat after the following day And this can be hard for some people, depending on your work-life balance and where you are uh, in any given point in the day and however your schedule works out. But if you can implement this, I highly, highly recommend it. Again, that app is called Zero, and you can track all of this. Uh, and then back to number one, track what you eat. The app I use, it's called MyNet Diary. It's a really great app. You can scan things. You can also put in custom foods. So if you can't find a food, you can uh, find the nutrition facts like on the Internet and plug it in yourself. And it's really cool. Uh, there's another good app called MyFitnessPal, pal. That is also a good one and I would have probably used that one but because I'm not 18 yet I can't use that app for whatever reason but it also it has like a calorie calculator and I recommend you use some other ones on the internet but you put in your height weight and age and it and you put in like what's your goal do you want to lose a pound a week do you want to lose two pounds a week or maintain your weight and it gives you kind of a a rough estimation of how much calories you should be eating. I find with my fitness or not my fitness pal with my net diary it goes a little over what I think is probably the correct amount and I'm I'm just saying that based off my own intuition because I I have also used the other calorie calculators online and they tend to go a little bit lower. I really don't know what to say there. That's something also you kind of have to feel out for yourself, but It does give you that information, and that is really helpful, especially when you're trying to just cut calories, period, and track nutrients. Uh, So these are the the five simple changes you can make if you are trying to lose weight or even just uh, be a healthier person. And I'm just going to go down the line one more time. Track what you eat. Don't eat out that much. Uh, cut out sugar and refined carbohydrates, have the ability to shift your focus, and don't eat anything after dinner. So hopefully these can help someone in some capacity. Hopefully you've learned something or took something away from this. Uh, If you enjoyed, please share this podcast with your friends, leave a rating in the iTunes store, uh, and follow us on Facebook facebook and thank you so much for listening Uh, again i like i really appreciate everyone that listens to this it makes it worth doing Uh, and i really i really love recording podcasts and i hope to do it a lot more here in the near future so thanks so much for tuning in and have a good one